We're back on Money Talk, and for the first time in a while, for me, anyhow, we are turning our gaze to Australia. It's a view from Australia. We welcome to the show Deanna Musina, who is the Deputy Chief Economist with AMP Australia. Hi, Deanna. Hello. Thank you for having me on. Great to have you on. Um, I noticed we had to upgrade your title. Have you been promoted recently? I did just have a recent promotion, which uh, has been nice. All right. Always happy to celebrate. It sounds like you are on fire, like the Australian economy. What is going on down there? Well, like every other advanced economy, it's a messy story in Australia. We've had less interest rate rises compared to the rest of the world. So our Reserve Bank has hiked by about 350 basis points. So that's a lot lower compared to all the other majors. And we still have this level of consumer resilience, which has meant that we haven't seen the usual flow-through from higher interest rates to the consumer. Australia's mortgage market is quite different to the rest of the world. Households are much more sensitive to interest rate rises because Australian levels of household debt are at record highs and much above all our major peers. At the same time, we have a housing market that's structured towards short-term lending and variable interest rates. So Mm. the pass-through from interest rates to households with mortgage or households with debt is usually very quick and quicker compared to the other advanced economies. And it's for that reason that we think that the Reserve Bank here doesn't need to hike rates as much. And we don't think that we'll actually see any more rate rises from here. And we think that the economy is due to slow down quite significantly, like the rest of the advanced world. But we don't think that we'll go into a recession. We don't think that we need to go into a recession to mm-hmm. see inflation come down. Right. So where, what is, where is inflation right now in Australia? We have just gotten a new monthly indicator of inflation. And it's, it's still running very high. It's at about 6.8% year on year. Mm. But Australia lags the rest of the world on the way up in terms of inflation. If the US CPI peaked in June last year, which is, I mean, it definitely did, that's what the data shows us, Australian CPI only peaked in December, so six months later. Australia hasn't had the same high level of wages growth compared to the rest of the world. In the US, wages are running at 65 5% on some measures. In New Zealand, it's running at between 4 to 5%. In the UK, levels of about 4 to 5% as well. Whereas in Australia, we have wages growth running at just 3.5%. Now, that's high compared to recent years, but Australia has just had this big increase in the labour supply over the past two years. We've had our participation rate go to a record high after the pandemic. The rest of the world hasn't seen as much of an increase in labour supply. So that's kept wages growth down, which is why we think that when you start to see all the energy goods-related deflation start in the next few months in Australia, and you haven't got the same pressure around wages, inflation in Australia will fall quite quickly over 2023. Hmm. So, I mean, it sounds like a very different story from other markets because, like like you said, I mean, it's, it's, it is a little counterintuitive that, uh, you know, that, that wages are not going up given you've had job creation is good, more full-time job creation is high, unemployment's at an all-time low, uh, but they seem to have gotten the immigration part right like when you say the the labor supply is increased is it immigration or is it older people getting back into the labor market is it uh previously unemployed people getting back in like who, who's is this supply immigration well, or other sources as well sure well, during, the, during the pandemic australia was one of the few countries in the world that closes borders completely 
but actually that had a positive impact on the labour supply because all of these people that were underemployed, Australia had high levels of underemployment, underutilisation of the labour force before, had much higher compared to the US. Mm. All of that more or less shrank during the pandemic and that boosted the labour supply and the participation rate to record high. Migration is coming back now and it's rising, permanent migration is rising back to around a record high in Australia, but it's only really started in the last few months. That increase in labour supply has completely been driven by domestic sources in Australia. And I think our wage system here is also a bit stickier compared to a lot of other countries. The public sector award wages, enterprise bargaining agreements, they hold a much higher weight in terms of uh, agreements in, 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 a, in a labour force. And those tend to be done for a number of years. And we've seen some caps on public sector wages award wage growth hasn't been as high as private sector growth in terms of wage increases. So all this has kept a lid on wages growth as well. Gotcha. So so if Australians are putting down their surfboards, they're kicking the sand out of their shoes, getting back to work, are they going back to white-collar jobs? Or is, is some of the, tra- the uh, traditional mainstays of the Australian economy, like mining, uh, are, are those things picking up as well? Or- Australia has become a very services-driven economy. And Mining is only now running at about a 2% share of GDP, whereas during the boom, which peaked in 2012, mining was 8% of GDP at that time, so four times what it is at the moment. So all of the, the job creation has been very broad-based, actually, across all industries, really. I can't say that there's a specific industry that's had much higher job creation compared to another one. It, it has been very broad-based. But Australia is still a very services-based economy, and job creation will continue to come from those service roles. A lot of uh, job growth has been based in full-time employment, though, and that's good news for household incomes. And clearly, household incomes are still holding up quite well. We still have very high levels of accumulated savings as well, much like the U.S. Hmm, okay, because I mean, it, like in the U.S. and some of the other economies, uh, people complain, you know, they say, yeah, unemployment's actually looking quite okay, but a lot of that's in the gig economy. They're not full-time jobs. There's no job security, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but it sounds like that's not the case in Australia, that people are, you know, like you said, getting, you know, proper full-time jobs with all the benefits and stability uh, benefits that come along with that. Is that fair? Yeah, if we look at, if, if we look at um, indicators like the number of people who are taking a second job, you know, that might give you signs of gig employment. I mean, that, that part of the economy is still not an area where we have a lot of good statistics on it, unfortunately. But if you do look at, or even small business creation, those types of numbers, we have seen a tick up in the number of people taking on a, a, a secondary job in recent times. And I, that just reflects, I think, the cost of living pressures. But it's not running at levels that you would be, you know, concerned that people's incomes are clearly taking a hit. It's, it's been quite a moderate increase. Gotcha. We've got a minute uh, left to go here. I know a lot of uh, Hong Kongers are looking forward to uh, vacationing in Australia. They've got kids in universities there. They've got properties. How, where is the Australian dollar going? Do you have a medium to long-term outlook for the Aussie dollar? Well, I suppose if, you know, we're correct that the Reserve Bank won't hike as much as the Fed or the RBNZ, the Bank of England, Bank of Canada, then there will be some more downward pressure on the Aussie dollar, which is good news if you're a foreigner mm-hmm. and coming into Australia. Yeah. Um, and also, but at the same time, that could be tempered by high commodity prices. But I do still think that the Aussie dollar will remain, um, there'll be more downward pressure on the Aussie compared to upward pressure. So I think around 
Aussie US cross at around 70 cents, I think, is probably fair for the Aussie dollar, which is kind of where it's trading at the moment. Okay. Any other uh, any other bright spots in the Australian stock exchange that we should be looking for with uh, 30 seconds to go? Well, Australia has a very high share of bank stocks, actually, mm-hmm. uh, much higher compared to the US or the Eurozone. And if we continue to see banking sector issues, then you could see the Australian share market being hit because we have such a large exposure to those, to those banking stocks. But you really need to see more contagion signs when we haven't seen that just yet. Hopefully we won't because policymakers have done enough to control it. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that then. Thank you very much. Uh, great uh, showing on uh, Money Talk today from Deanna Musina, the Deputy Chief Economist at AMP Australia. Appreciate having her on.